Listeners, please be forewarned that this podcast contains coarse language and may offend some of your more delicate sensibilities. From the kitchen table, this is Get Close Panic. Questions with Mitchell or something. You know, I think I think about that a lot. But I mean, it's sparkling water, you don't want it to be warm. True. But is it refrigerated? In my turned off refrigerator, yeah. Yes, it's refrigerated, but in this room right now, it's really refrigerated for long. I'm just going with the ice cubes. I always struggle with gifting books because I'll be like, this person should read. Book, and then they're like, mm, I'm not really reading. I, don't really I think I had this conversation maybe with you about how I get kind of get like rebellious when people try to gift me books, and I'm like, fuck you, you're not gonna read that, you don't know me. Or you read it and you're like, why do they think I'm yeah, <laughs> what do you think about me? <laughs> yeah, so I am actually probably less likely to read a book given to me. That being said, that was given to me and I read it straight away. I loved it. And you gave me the power and I read it straight away. I loved it. And I guess with certain people, I feel like they're going to get it right and other people are just doing. Well, also sometimes I think it's like, if somebody really likes a book, sometimes you go like, okay, well I'll read it. Yeah. And like, if I think it's a weird book, I'm happy to read it and be like, you like a weird book. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> hey, come in. I think it's Paul. Yeah, it's level two. Yeah, level two. Do you feel special? You're just privy to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Don't be scared. It's like just a normal way to. I've never met her though. And this happens to me all <laughs> don't be weird, all the time. I just have these strangers come in my home and I don't have shoes on. It feels like there's something really intimate about meeting a person for the first time without shoes on. But also it's quick to have shoes on in your own house. It's weird. Super weird. It's weirder. Well, if you have a tonight. Hi. If I have Hello. You too, you too in real life. Hi, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you, Laura. Nice to meet you. This is Matilda. Hi, just staying here. Hi, Laura. Yeah, nice I'm to meet just you. like hanging out. Yeah, great. It's nice and toasty in here. Yeah. There are two, I don't know, themes, I guess, in this week's episode that I really like. One is the way in which so many people in your life contribute to building your career, in supporting you and guiding you, handing you opportunities. Oftentimes it feels like great jobs come not just from your own work, but from a whole team of people around you. This week's guest, Laura Searson, talks really matter-of-factly about how essential the community she found at each stage of her study and career were to her happiness and her success. She also acknowledges the really practical support she had in her career, particularly from her boyfriend, but also from her family and friends who worked as soundboards and who made introductions for her that bolstered her success The other thing that comes up is something I think most of us would have observed, which is the apparent necessity to have what my mum calls many strings to your bow as a young person trying to climb into the working world. 
No longer is it enough to be able to do one job. We also need to be savvy in extra things, ways that might help our employer, such as social media skills or some light ICT skills, PR level social skills, that sort of thing. These are the sort of things we need to get ahead. But I've also noticed more young people adding these extra strings to their bow, not for the benefit of their employer, but because they want to work in a more diverse and interesting way. Because doing one thing isn't scratching the itch for them. Laura is an interior designer and a yoga teacher, and knowing the toll design takes on your body, yoga makes for a perfect counterpoint for your own well-being. Laura balances the rigour of her design work with the pacifying and restorative effects of yoga practice. Laura makes some wonderful observations about the relationship of her yoga practice and overall well-being to the quality of her design work, which echoes some of what Alice Blanche was speaking about in episode 15. Coming into winter, I think it's nice to have a gentle reminder of the value of diligently taking care of our mental and physical health in order to give ourselves the resilience to do work we're proud of. I'll be back at the end of the episode. Until then, enjoy. Like, when you're ready, don't worry. Um, But when you're ready, introduce yourself. So just what your name is and what Mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. And then I'll ask you a question Mm -hmm. and we'll just go from there. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Laura. I work as an interior designer and um, I teach yoga as well. So I'm a yoga instructor. Nice. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, so just like I said, um, starting from whenever is relevant for mm-hmm. you, so yeah. however young you were, when did you first start to be interested in work or something that might have kind of turned into being an interest in work? Um well, I guess just at the normal time, yeah. like late high school when, mm. you know, the teachers start saying, oh, but it's not even late high school, it's like grade 10 and they're yeah. like, you have to decide on your future now because, yeah. you know, you're going to pick subjects that will determine like year 11, 12, and that will determine what you can get into for uni. And, yeah. and that's the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I probably knew at that age that that was kind of bollocks. Um, so I just picked things that I was interested in because nice. I kind of figured that would lead to something that... Yeah. Um, I was interested in, so um, yeah, I did mostly arts subjects mm. in like grade 12, um, so I did visual arts, drama, English and history, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the maths as well, um, mm-hmm. so that was kind of, I, I have very fond memories of my maths class, because oh. my, um, you know, art classes, or more art style classes were, you know a lot of the things where you had, had to like think in depth about topics and kind of construct things and you know there weren't like or deconstruct topics and there wasn't like a right or a wrong answer and, yeah and then I remember maths being very refreshing because I could go in and I didn't have to talk to anyone because none of my friends took the maths class and I would just listen to music and like solve maths problems and it was super satisfying yeah be a right or a wrong answer yeah absolutely um, <laughs> nice so that cool. was my grade 12 yeah um but I took a gap year after high school because mm. I still wasn't sure. I think I applied for visual arts after, like, for my first year out. But I took a gap year mm. and worked in hospitality. Yeah. And then I got a job as a receptionist as well. Yeah. And then um, towards the end of that year, I was like, I definitely want to go to uni next year. And yeah. I don't know what to do. And I think I took, like, a lame career quiz. And... <laughs> um, I, I don't even know if it definitely came up as, like, interior architect, but um, 
you know, that's kind of what I ended up looking into at some point. And I remember calling the university and being like, so this course, like, interior architecture, you know, what does it actually mean? And I don't think that was that helpful, but I ended up applying <laughs> for it anyway. Nothing like a quiz <laughs> to teach you about your exactly. inner <laughs> <laughs> um, Before we kind of get into uni, how was school for you kind of personally and, and as a as a student, I suppose? Um, I, I have fond memories of school. Mm-hmm. I, I had um, some great friends, mm-hmm. um, grade 12 particularly um, was a great year. Mm-hmm. I remember we there was like this art room at our school that was like specific for year 12s. Nice. And we just kind of, me and my group of friends just camped out in that art room and we just like hang out there at recess and lunch. Yeah. Which is like these weird art kids. Um, but we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, it was good. Did you find the kind of educational side of it um, manageable? Yeah, I did. Um, I remember, I can't remember a lot about that sort of stuff um I've never struggled no that's the wrong way to say that I I did well I did well in year 12 um and I I remember working hard but I don't remember particularly being super stressed about it and I think that that I I very much had an attitude of like whatever happens happens and like you know I don't know I think I acted like I didn't care too much about my future or whether I got into a fancy uni course or this or that because I kind of knew I wanted to do something kind of like art or design and yeah. though you know I think that there was there wasn't really any pressure to achieve really high grades and in a weird way I mean like I ended up achieving high grades anyway but I think that sometimes pressure can be worse for people yeah absolutely yeah. and that probably goes hand in hand if you were already kind of savvy to the fact that the choices that you make in senior school mm. do not necessarily dictate the whole rest of your life. I think that does take a, yeah. a little bit of the pressure off. Exactly. I guess it would be remiss of me not to ask, did you, were you living with your parents mm. at high school? Yeah. What, so, what was your kind of home life like in terms of um, education, attitudes and, yeah. and work? Um, my home life was great. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge leg up um, <laughs> that I've had throughout my entire life mm. that I have um, you know, super supportive family and parents and, you know, I just, I really feel for the kids that I, you know, would have gone through school with who, you know, didn't have as good a home life because it just makes everything else as hard, just so hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I grew up in a very creative family as well. So mum and dad, like from a very young age, mum and dad were always sitting us down with a pen and paper to draw or write. And, you know, as a young kid, I remember like, you know, um, my free afternoons I was like writing novels and you know drawing or like playing outside and you know I think we're always encouraged to um nurture that sort of creative side of us yeah so um you know reading and writing always came very naturally to me Mm -hmm. because I was encouraged so well from such a young age and you know my parents have gigantic book collection and that sort of thing and yeah. you know not not all families have that not all families have a place where you can sit down and draw yeah um, to your heart's content yeah. or you know um not every kid gets given a notebook and a pen yeah. so um yeah so much support from yeah. such a young age in that sense what did your parents do when you were growing up um my mum um was a coordinator for TAFE oh yeah um, so she coordinated different um, 
different courses and she was mm. also teaching as well. Cool. Um, and my dad um, jumped around or didn't jump around but had a couple of different jobs. He was um, cutting trees when I was super young but mm. for the majority of when I was like a kid he was a truck driver. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Mm. So I guess that kind of brings us back to the the beginning mm. of university mm. and the reason that I asked about yeah. what your parents did was did you feel – did you feel like they had particular desires for you in terms of what you were going to um, move into career-wise? Neither of my parents um, finished high school mm. and neither of them went to university. Mm. Or they um, both have been to university, but neither of them had finished a degree. Right. So um, there was absolutely no pressure. Like, you have to go to uni. And, you know, I mean, for some families it might have been the opposite. But yeah. there was never any, like... If I had said that I wanted to do something trades or, you know, work in hospitality for yeah. the rest of my life or be a receptionist for the rest of my life, they totally would have supported that. Yeah. Like it's literally would have been anything goes. Yeah. So, um, nice. Yeah. So it was really totally nice. up to you to yeah. decide to go into that course. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So how was that moving after your gap year into uni? Well, I... Um, <laughs> I was pretty stressed about the money side of things. So my parents mm-hmm. live in the Adelaide Hills. And so at 18, which was before I started uni, but I knew I was going to start uni the next year, I right. moved out of home to the city, mm-hmm. which um, I was working at a cafe at the time and I was earning $10 an hour. <laughs> um, I had that job at that age as yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was supporting myself. I remember my budget after bills was – um, like for my groceries and some stuff, it was a hundred dollars a week. Uh, so I, and I look back now, I just, I don't, I don't know how I did it. Yeah. But you know, money was a huge concern for me because yeah. when I started looking into getting off study and things like that, going to uni, they weren't going to give it to me because there was some funny thing. It, it was just, you know, there's things. always something. Just, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't going to be able to get off study. So I actually, when I started uni, I started part-time. Mm-hmm. So my first semester I was doing two subjects and I was, so I dropped the hospitality job and just worked as a receptionist because mm-hmm. for a while they yep. doubled up. Yeah. So I worked as a receptionist and started, did two subjects a week, mm-hmm. which was kind of two full days, mm-hmm. um, the design course. And, it was it was pretty like it was hard for me because I found I was super passionate about it straight away, mm. and I felt very disconnected from the other students because in a course like that, your four subjects are you're all with the same people, yeah. so it's not like some degrees like business or marketing or you know those sort of things where you know there's so many hundreds of students you know it was very tight knit and everyone was going to different subjects together and people found it very strange when they heard that I was studying part time yeah and most of my peers were living at home still and mm. it was just a totally different reality to mm. what you know what I had so um at the end of that first semester I actually <laughs> decided to put off the next semester and go to Europe for a couple of months yeah so and I think the Europe trip was sort of in the middle of the semester and it timed up with my friends leaving as well so I finished up the first semester mm. worked I don't know like three jobs to save up yeah. money and went traveling um nice. and 
I remember when I, coming back to the parent support thing, I remember when I was sort of first concocting this plan in my mind and I called up my mum and I was like, mum, you know, like, I was like really nervous to tell her. And it was pretty spontaneous. I think it was only like three months out from the trip or something. And I'd never mentioned it before or anything. And so I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like putting off uni and going to Europe. Yeah. She was like, oh, do it. Just do it. <laughs> It was like yes. no questions asked. So ultimate reaction. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. So then the following year, like when I came back, I continued working part time, and I had to do my first semester when I got back part time again to mm. do the other two subjects that I missed out. Of course, on. yeah. Because they were all prerequisites. It's a very like linear sort of course. Mm. Um, and then in the second semester, I was able to go full time. Nice. Um, and I'm I'm looking back, I'm very glad how it all worked out because if I'd stayed full-time from the start and never you know put off that first year kind of thing I wouldn't have met the friends that I did at yeah. uni and you know they became my family so yeah yeah nice yeah. how did you manage to afford to go full-time um well in the end something with Centrelink changed and the where, where my parents live ended up being like just outside the zone so yeah. I got so when I first started going full-time I got um approved for the relocation um so it didn't come under because I remember there was like a couple of ways to be um to prove yourself as independent from your parents and you know I hadn't earned enough and all that I don't know all that sort of stuff or I wasn't old enough but um which was stupid because my parents were not supporting me financially whatsoever um but Centrelink's eyes I was still dependent on them Mm. um but anyway so I got approved for the relocation grant which actually meant that I got five thousand dollars from Centrelink which I was not expecting whatsoever I was just waiting to be able to get off study yeah and we found this loophole this lady from Centrelink was super helpful Mm. and you know, she sent through this approval and then I got this letter from Centrelink and it was sort of the appro- you know, the official letter saying, you know, you've got your relocation, your study will be starting. And then it said your next payment will be, and it was, you know, $5,400 or something. And I just about, like, my heart just, like, jumped out. I was like, so I called exciting. up my mum. I actually, I was almost crying because I was like, I'm going to have to pay this back. Like, they've made some mistake. <laughs> And I was at work at the time and mum called up for me and got this lady and she was like, oh, bless what's, her. you know, like, do we, what's, is this a mistake? And I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's a grant. And my mum called me back and told me, I think she was almost crying and it was just, it was the biggest, yeah, it was a lovely surprise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So, yes. So I got a study, but I continued to work part-time. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tell me about the experience of doing your undergrad what it was like for you as a student but also kind of personally mm. for you quite again I guess it's like high school I, I look back and have very fond memories yeah um, I it, it was very stressful though um the course itself and I think you know it's similar to architecture so I did interior architecture and very similar to, in, to architecture and other well a lot of degrees not, mm. not just design mm. let's be honest but uh, yeah, really stressful, a really um, high demand of work and a very competitive nature. Yeah. I think that's what I struggled with the most, particularly mm. towards the end of the degree when you know, the calls came out. And yeah. Sort of, I, I find myself very 
sort of sensitive to people's behaviours and the way mm. people act toward each other. And, yeah, so that was probably what I struggled with the most. Mm. But, um, like I said, I had an amazing group of friends and I honestly wouldn't have been able to get it, get through it without them. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of long nights at uni, some overnights, and, you know, I, I, when I wasn't working, I was at campus and, um, you know, I, I loved it. It was exhausting and it was very draining, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Um, as you were kind of getting to the pointy end of the mm. degree and thinking about work, what were you kind of hoping or planning for that immediate future? I, it changed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I went on exchange to Canada oh. in my third year. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and I the course over there it was very similar, but it was probably a little bit more grounded in reality. Um, whereas the course at um, UniSA was very creative and yeah, a lot more loose in that sort of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think when I got a bit of a reality check when I went to Canada, I did start doubting whether or not I wanted to be in the field yeah but you know that that was brief like it it came and went but it it ended up leaving (laughs) and you know I I worked really hard in my final year and I just wanted anything (laughs) yeah pretty much like I just I I knew that it was a very um competitive field um I never was very interested in working like of high-end residential or um even retail never really appealed to me I guess I probably was even though I didn't really have words for it to you know think about it to myself but I was probably always more interested in kind of commercial design like a workplace or um public spaces and that sort of thing yeah um which is where I've ended up which is really nice yeah um yeah I guess at the time I probably I, no, I think I did in final year because we were we had a mentor program and we were asked what area we were most interested in. I remember saying commercial or workplace. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, I guess I guess I did know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Tell me a little bit about the mentorship program. How did it work? So we got paired up. So every student in final year got paired up with a industry professional. Mm-hmm. And I think there were about three students to each professional. And it didn't work very well for a lot of students in my year, but I was fortunate to get um, a really good mentor Mm -hmm. who um, was really, really onto it. And I I respected her a lot and I I got a lot of help from her. She put in a lot of effort to the advice that she gave to us. So um, we, so me and the two other students that that were paired with her, we went and saw her monthly at her office. Um, and we would roll out our sketches and, you know, get advice. And, nice. and again, that was about getting that reality check as well because yeah. the lecturers at UniSA tend towards, you know, living in this beautiful, creative world where you can do anything and mezzanines can float without structural support and, you know, people in wheelchairs don't exist and, and that sort of thing. And yep. <laughs> um, getting the mentoring from someone who was living and breathing these real life issues that you get yeah um and I found that very refreshing because I'm a very pragmatic and logical thinker and I think that 
anyone can design a beautiful space yeah. if there are no logistical concerns. But when you have to make it structurally sound and, you know, all access and, you know, all of those things and we still make it look beautiful and work with a client and a budget. That's, that's a real that, skill. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what did you do when you graduated uh, well, I was very lucky that in my um, final year, I actually ended up getting a job before I graduated. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the Interior Architecture Program encourages you to get um, work experience as well. And I had tried for maybe a year contacting different firms yeah. um, with very little response. Mm-hmm. And really the only people who I saw around me getting work experience were people who had a personal connection already. Yeah, um, which killed me because I didn't I didn't think I had any, and then um, I was complaining about it one day to my boyfriend, and I don't know why we didn't think of this earlier, but he was like, "Well, shall I ask you know my friend who works for a firm already in architecture? He's yeah. an architect," um, and I was like, "Oh, that would be great." <laughs> um, yeah. So I got work experience for with with a firm, and mm-hmm. um, that was like a one day a week for four weeks kind of scenario. Yeah. And, and that was your boyfriend's friend's yes. firm? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so nice. I, I, I got the work experience through a connection in the yeah. end. And I, during that time when I was doing work experience there, it was only – there was a senior interior designer and a graduate there. Yeah. And while I was there, the graduate left. Okay. And so I was approaching the end of my four weeks there and I went to um, a cafe and I ran into the senior interior designer who was, like, mentoring me at this firm and – She's like, Laura, I've I've been meaning to call you. Do you want a job? (laughs) And I'm standing in line to get my coffee. And I was like, "Um, yes. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. How exciting. Yeah, I I was extremely excited. Had you been happy there as a doing your work experience? I knew it probably wasn't somewhere that I would be super long-term. Right. But all the same, I was stoked to be offered a job because yeah. I knew that um, kind of any job would lead to another job. Exactly right. So, um, yeah, so I worked there for three days a week for my final six months of my course. Nice. Um, which was challenging. I it bet. was a demanding job, yeah. a very demanding job, and obviously a very demanding degree. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But you managed it. I managed it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so did you continue on just doing the three days after you graduated? No. I got um, – I went full-time. Mm-hmm. And after a couple months, I actually realised that I started to feel quite stifled creatively. And I ended up speaking to uh, my – bosses there and I ended up going down to four days a week Mm -hmm. so that I could kind of have a little bit of time to you know pursue some other things and you know for a little while you know a friend and I would catch up on the Fridays and just have like a creative day where we'd just like draw or like talk about creative things or like you know we tried making jewelry at one point you know but I I wasn't there for that much longer after I finished in April after I finished my course um, so in April the following year, I got contacted by someone that I knew yeah. through a family connection, but who worked for another architecture firm. And she just said, hey, you know, it, it was a new office in Adelaide. Yeah. And they were just sort of starting from the ground up. And 
trying to find new people and stuff. And she said, we're looking for a graduate with experience, which is basically, you know, a very hard to find. Yes. She, she said, do you know anyone? And I immediately sort of wrote off in my mind. I was like, well, I don't know anyone. And um, my boyfriend knew that I wasn't very happy where I was. Yeah. So um, he was like, well, you know, wouldn't you want to, like, you know, maybe put yourself forward? And I thought, no, no, no. And at that time I was second-guessing my entire career choice <laughs> and I was very scared of getting a second job because I was worried that um, I wouldn't enjoy it mm. and that I would feel trapped there. So I was very paralysed and I ended up talking to a friend and he was just like, just meet up with her for coffee. Like there's no, just, you don't even have to apply for the job, just meet up with her. So um, yeah, I, I met up with her and we had a chat and I got a really good feeling. So I pursued it and um, ended up getting the job. Nice. So, yeah. Gosh. Okay. Um. So tell me about that job and kind of starting from scratch if they were just opening a new office yeah uh, they had been open for maybe 10 months before I started there but for the majority of that time there were only um four people yeah so um the company that I work for now is a national commercial architecture firm Mm -hmm. so they were starting their Adelaide office from scratch but it wasn't a new business yeah so Adelaide was well, basically, our so we have an office in Sydney and Melbourne, yeah. and our Adelaide office and three of our offices work mm-hmm. as one studio, okay. and there are a few other offices in Brisbane and New Zealand, but they're a little bit more separate. Yeah. So um, Adelaide, Sydney, Melbourne, we work as one studio on the same projects, and essentially they needed more people um sydney was expanding and it was cheaper to open a new office in adelaide of course and get a new you know a bigger office in sydney so yeah that's kind of yeah what i went into and Mm. it was really nice to kind of be a part of an office that was starting up because the i guess the office culture hadn't really been super established yet um and you know when I was working there almost every week we had someone new come in so yeah I've been there for just over two years now wow and it's yeah it's been really nice to see it kind of go through some changes and you know all for the better and does it feel like the kind of work you want to be doing Yeah, yeah I I enjoy it a lot it's not um I can look back in hindsight now and see that Probably my first job didn't give me the best impression of the industry. Yeah. And I think what I was struggling with more was um, a company that probably didn't align with my values. Okay. Um, Whereas now I have a really great employer (laughs) and I feel very lucky to be surrounded by really great colleagues Mm. and, you know, be working on really exciting projects. Yeah. And... When in this kind of in this <laughs> in this story did um, the yoga start? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the first uh, I remember doing yoga when I was about four years old. Oh wow! Um, you know, on my parents' like living room mat with this old school book of like people photos of people doing crazy things. And was one of your parents into yoga or did yeah, they just like to do it? Right. Okay. So, um, you know, just sort of 
in a very casual sense. They, you know, didn't, you know, take it super seriously or anything. But um, I remember going to kids' yoga classes nice. and, you know, doing that sort of thing. So, um, and my parents' friends were yoga teachers and my friend's parents were yoga teachers. Yeah. And I, so I think you know, yoga was never sort of something that was weird or foreign to me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't start practicing regularly until about halfway through uni. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, it sparked a bit of a, not a bit, but a big interest in like health and fitness in general mm-hmm. and well-being mostly, which I think really kind of saved me, especially in my later years of uni. Yeah. Um, in fact, my final semester of uni was the first one where I told myself I'm not going to sacrifice my health for uni this time. Yeah. And, you know, I did the best that semester than I had done my whole degree yeah. because, well, you know, I attribute it to the fact that I was still meditating and exercising and eating healthily, mm. even though I was, you know, working three days a week at that demanding job and like having crazy uni hours. And yeah. And it's so easy to sacrifice those things because absolutely. no one else is holding you accountable for them except yeah. yourself. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. I think it made a big difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it kind of, yeah, around second year uni, I started practicing regularly once a week and it just sort of built up from there. Yeah. Um, and then um, I got more and more obsessed, as my boyfriend would put it, and I kind of had this little pipe dream idea that I wanted to do a yoga teacher training course and I didn't see how it would happen logistically because most of the courses are offered um in four-week intensives so it would mean getting a month or more off of work it would mean you know traveling generally overseas and spending a lot of money and that sort of thing and I think one day I was just perusing the internet and I found this yoga training course that was starting in Adelaide and it was a six-month course and it was spread out so it was every second weekend on a Saturday and a Sunday afternoon wow. and they offered payment plans <laughs> and it started in a week. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh, I, I have to do it. Like yeah. I, I just, you know, and yeah, so I signed up on a very, um, you know, spur of the moment kind of thing. Yeah. Even though it was something I didn't see myself doing for probably, you know, another couple of years or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very – it was a busy six months. This uh, was um, a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, it, w- it was busy. But yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. So it was in the first six months that you were in this job? Sorry, no. It was – I had been at this job – so I started this job in May 2016. Okay. And then I started the yoga training – teacher training course in the following February. Okay. So you are a little yeah, bit so more settled Yeah, about 10 months. Good. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And how was it, the course? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I was um, able to geek out on yoga. <laughs> I just, yeah, I loved it. And, you know, again, like meet a tribe of people who were interested in what I was interested in yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So it's been really nice to kind of make some friends who are also yoga kings in Adelaide yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, which was another benefit of studying in Adelaide as well as opposed to, you know, going overseas where you'd meet people from all over the world, which is also fantastic. But um, having those local connections um, has been really nice. And um, one of the women in my course actually opened a yoga studio after the course finished. Yeah. So she offered me a place there. 
and I started off teaching two classes every Sunday morning, mm-hmm. which was great. And then I was like, I think this is a little bit too much. So <laughs> I've, um, I knocked it back to one class on a Saturday. And at one point I also tried teaching on a weeknight, but it was just, yeah, it was way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one class um, yeah. at the moment, which is really nice. Yeah. And easy to manage on top of work. Yeah, um, and I can I can kind of imagine in terms of your personal health, it would offer a good balancing point to yeah. design work because I imagine you do a lot of things that are not so good for your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of time spent sitting at yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sort of segues quite nicely into what I was going to ask next, which was essentially just sort of on a normal day or week whatever's relevant to you what does your life look like <laughs> yeah from the start to the end start well of, of the, the day week. of the day, day of the week yeah. I mean I just ask because some people every day is really different for yeah. them and yeah. so it's easier to talk about the week and yeah. some people every day is the same uh, most most days are the same yeah for me so I get up my alarm goes off about 5 30 <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I snooze it. <laughs> yeah. And then I get up and I'm at the yoga studio, so where I practice as a student. Yeah. Just after six. Yeah. And I practice until about seven thirty. Mm-hmm. It's um, the type of class that I go to is an open class, so mm-hmm. there's no particular start or finish. You can go in, you know, within a certain time slot and just and you do your own self practice. Okay. So. Um, a good day I might end up going longer or you know if I have to get to work I might finish it earlier and then I go home and I have to quickly race around and get ready for work (laughs) and then I catch a bus to work and yeah work until you know anywhere from 5 30 if if we have a deadline it could be much later than that so um yeah um, one yeah. hour lunch break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Standard things. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm I'm s- sort of starting to draw to a close. I think the only other things that I wanted to ask about were what you're kind of um, hoping for the next sort of stage mm-hmm. for yourself. How you want things to change or develop, if at all. Yeah, I I guess within my office job side of things, I. I'm sort of at this point now, like transitioning from graduate to a not graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the projects that we work on are interstate. Mm-hmm. So I am quite removed, I guess, from um, sort of the client facing side of things and even getting to see the site and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, I, at some point, would really like to work on a local project. Yeah. So I can get a little bit more involved with those sort of things. And, you know, the smaller the project, the more response, the more, the more opportunity there is for a little bit more responsibility as well. Yeah. Like, you know, when the project I'm working on at the moment is $160 million and it's just, you know, in oh, terms wow. of all the people that are involved in that, I am such a small, yeah. tiny cog in the machine. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it would be nice to kind of feel what it's like to work on something that's the other end of the scale. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in terms of yoga, I would eventually, maybe in the next couple of years, like to do my level two teacher training. Mm-hmm. And I 
would probably like to experience that in that intensive yeah. um, way of learning to kind of be able to see the difference and kind of immerse myself that way. Yeah. Which I guess would just, I, I don't think that I would have the capacity to take on more classes as a teacher, but yeah, would just be doing it out of interest and love for the practice. Yeah. 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 If the last question is just a really cheap question that I always <laughs> ask it, is there anything that I haven't asked you, we haven't kind of covered that you feel like is important? If you have any questions for me or for Laura, just reach out to me on our social. Also, if you don't already follow us on Instagram or on Facebook, get on it because I'm going to be figuring out over the next few weeks what I'm going to do to wrap up the season. As a lot of you will know, I'm going away for a couple of months really soon and I haven't decided exactly how things are going to wrap up. But when I do, I'll probably mostly be posting about it on our social media. Also, obviously, subscribe on iTunes and rate us because that's really helpful for me. We've got an off week next week, uh, so it'll be a fortnight before I'm back. Until then, I've been Saren Bell. This has been Gate Close Panic. I will see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.